electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This is CNBC Breaking News. Market sell-off. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, coming off that nearly 1,200-point relief rally on Wednesday, futures see us giving about half back as we have two new cases of the virus in New York, state of emergency in California, cancellations from IBM, Google, Apple, Netflix, and more. Europe's down 2%, 10-year, 95 basis points. Our roadmap begins with uncertainty continuing to weigh on the street. Stocks set to open sharply lower, further extending this already roller coaster of a week. Plus, HP rejects the hostile takeover bid by Xerox, saying it meaningfully undervalues HP and disproportionately benefits Xerox shareholders. The CEO of HP will join me later this morning. And coronavirus fears hitting the corporate outlook and strategy. Southwest, Apple, Kroger, Campbell's among the many companies that are weighing in today. We'll start with the futures, though, uh, sharply lower, as you know, amid this roller coaster week for stocks and Wall Street, which saw the Dow swing a thousand points or higher two times in the last three days. Jim, are we, maybe we're in for a couple of months of chop here. I think it, that's exactly right, Carl. I mean, yesterday was a, a very solid, based on oversold relief rally. Uh, the existential issue of whether a socialist would head the ticket, a lot of people feel was finished. Uh, because of the of the victory, uh, multiple victories in states, obviously by by Vice President Biden. But now we're stuck with looking at earnings again, and all that that happens when you come in is you look at the tenure, and then you look at earnings, and it isn't like you know, every company's mourning, uh, and that, and then the obviously interest rates. Dave, are you really wearing those from the show? No, I'm wearing one glove because I keep touching my face, like you told me yesterday. So I want to not, when I touch my face, yesterday I well, used my that, lapel I mean, that's and important. I got makeup all over my suit. Well, so this, this is, okay, well, this is, look, I, Kroger warns, but more importantly, my partner to the left warns. is now warning. <laughs> and and I'm, no, I'm, except, I'm adopting behaviors you've advised. Look, we're all watching, look, they're watching, uh, watching pictures, say, of the state of Washington where hospitals, where people are doing exactly what we saw in Wuhan. And we're saying, well, this is our country. And I think that there are people who say, you know what, what can I do to not be in places that I normally go to? And I think the personal is overwhelming the actual. I mean, I think that we all kind of feel like we're either going to get it or we have to avoid it in ways that make it so that we can't go to a gathering place. And gathering places are probably, in a service economy, a huge percentage. There's, of, there's of, no doubt it's having an impact on economic activity. We say this every day, though. I feel as though we still sit here in the morning and have way more questions than answers. How can we, will we not? For some period of time. How can you not? Uh, but I listen, you know, in the world that, that uh, again, every day I can give you a little bit of an update, having spoken to bankers or, or lawyers or people who are advising corporations, things are slowing bit. Um, transactions are being pushed. They're right. not necessarily being canceled. Right. If you have a merger and acquisition deal that you were trying to negotiate based on a price with this kind of volatility or with the stocks down, it makes it more difficult. 
certainly if you're a buyer and you're planning on using your own stock. If you have business in China, either as a seller or a significant supply chain there, that's an issue too. And there are some deals, I'm told, that have been pushed aside. But overall, activity just slows because right. people want to wait. But we all are hopeful. I mean, last night there's a story that just broke about a Roche drug that's an arthritis drug and also a Regeneron drug. These are patented drugs uh, that the Chinese have turned to. Here I'm talking about Actemra against COVID-19. And the Chinese are using this giant roast drug that is very powerful uh, for lung problems. And Furious Farm is reporting on it. It's a site I usually have not reacted to and, and mentioned on air, but China's National Health Commission is using it. And so then I say, well, maybe this is the breakthrough. It's happening right now. Uh, so I'm looking at everything. But again, someone could say to me, Jim, you're, no, you're not an epidemiologist, but I think we all have to do everything we can to find out, in this case, what is the roast drug doing? Uh, it's a blockbuster drug, a Tamra. Regeneron has a similar one, and maybe that's hopeful. But that's still a long way away, isn't it? Well, David, that def- that's, depends on what your I mean, definition is. When it comes is. to economic activity, that's being tested right now. When it, and all the things that we hear about potential closings, if you do close schools somewhere, when do you reopen them? When do you know the coast is clear? How do you differentiate? Or is it? Well, now we just accept that every you know that that this is going to be you widespread. readjust. You readjust. The vast, vast majority of people are going to be just fine, and we readjust. Or, uh, well, so. you, you again, you come back to what is stay at home. I mean, there was a conference call yesterday, Zoom video. Conference call was disjointed, wasn't well run. The CEO, Eric Juan, is fantastic. He was reluctant, I would say, to say what is the obvious, which is we are going to do very well in the era of the corona. And it's really incredible. He can't say it. He can't say, listen, you know what we're going to do? We're going to crush it because of, of COVID-19. But he is. Right. You mean the president himself? The CEO of Zoom's oh, video. Oh, Zoom. He's a really terrific guy. And the conference calls disjointed because who wants to say that? Who wants to be a profiteer? But that's the way to play it. Well, a lot of companies are experimenting and having t- almost tests of people staying home. Seeing, you know, so they're asking some employees as a Test well, I mean, to see what it would be like, to see if their systems can handle it, to see if everything. Google, by the way, also, which you know, is, I think has got to have some concerns or about if everybody's home, can we? Well, what's that going to do to capacity? They canceled the I.O. conference. Uh, right. This morning, stories that they're moving all of their job interviews online, according right. to memos that are going out to prospective candidates today. If Eric Yuan points out again on this very uh, a consequential but disjointed Zoom conference call that maybe we're discovering that you wouldn't have a central office space because it's so easy. The nature of work changes completely. Yes, that's what's happening. I mean, Microsoft and Facebook are asking all Seattle employees, if they can, to work from home for the month of March. And by the way, Google has done the same. They haven't closed their offices there, but they are asking people not to come in if they if they can work from home. Seattle is definitely going to be feeling an impact from this. There's no doubt economically. You'd have to imagine the lack of activity that's going on in a major United States city. So right. is that going to be a forerunner? Are we going to see that happen in cities around the country? I don't know. I just canceled a trip to Seattle of some significance for something I was looking forward to doing for the network. Uh, it was actually canceled for me by the people I wanted to do the interviews with because they actually thought that What would make nothing. you feel like you could resume doing that when is the when do you feel as though okay it's all right now this is a health issue and when i think it'll be all right when people are 
confident that there's no one still getting sick. We're early on, David. I think we're early on. Look at that princess. Another cruise ship? I mean, when I read that, I said, are you, no, it's got to be the same cruise ship. It couldn't oh. be, we couldn't be this stupid. No, this is the Grand Princess, not the Diamond Princess, uh, being held off the coast of San Francisco. Uh, again, trouble for Carnival. Princess and the flu. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, in terms was... of how companies are planning, I mean, Visa said they're trying to proactively manage expenses. Uh, MasterCard says we don't, we don't jump into that willy-nilly necessarily. Uh, claims today, jobless claims at 216, you're not seeing it really no, show up yet? No, you're not seeing it, and, and it depends on the city whether you're seeing it in conferences and, and seeing it in restaurants and seeing it in... Uh, there's a note today that is... Uh, it, this is the kind of thing you're going to get. Morgan Stanley note of some rigor, which is COVID-19, travel impact to Hertz and Avis, underappreciated. And you read it and you say, wow, I didn't even know how badly this is going. Hertz, price target 15 goes to 12. Uh, Avis, 32 goes to 26. I read this and I said, I hadn't even thought about how bad it could be for rent cars. Sure, of course, airport is important for that. What did you just find out about an airport while we were... Nothing. I don't want to share things that aren't completely confirmed. But let's just we know the virus is getting out. It's around. It's By the way, continue. Uh, Southwest sees a hit uh, to Q1 operating revenue. Uh, they see revenue per available seat mile now down two to up one. Ooh. They were prior three five to five five. Uh, B of A takes American to uh, underperform today, Jim. See, I, I read that and I said, okay, at what point can you just say I want to buy American because it's much more profitable than it used to be? And I, I was, Josh Brown was talking about this. Yes, Josh has been really good. I don't know if you guys have been listening to him on the closing bell. It's been extraordinary. Uh, and, and also not. Not calming when you need it's not false security. But the idea is, is that any one of those stocks, if you took a longer-term perspective, is that where you want to be? You take a longer-term perspective, no. You'd rather be in Roche. You, know? you believe behaviors be will change significantly even when this is over and done. Because we don't know when it's going to be Not when it comes to airlines. People are going to resume traveling again. Well, yeah, but do you know when? Do you know I when don't versus know. That's ben, the problem. Ben versus, know. When versus their balance sheet, I don't David. know. When don't. versus the balance sheet of, Nor- of Norwegian Cruise. When oh. versus the balance sheet of Carnival. Do you see the debt? For the You're most talking about part. a credit crunch. Well, he's oh. talking specifically about the balance sheets of companies that have too Those, much leverage uh, given the fact that they're not going to be yeah. taking enough cash. And they're great cash, companies. You know, these are, I, I, at all times, have been, these are fabulous companies. Uh, they are. Uh, they offer great bargains. The cruise ships are uh, offer versus hotels. Fantastic bargain. But do you want to take that bargain right now? What What about the broader market? Do I want to take that? We have a lot. Not of, a bargain, but do I want to take that on? I've got a, I've got a I don't, less than one percent yield on the tenure. I've got the Democratic candidate now in uh, candidacy of Joe Biden ascendant, as opposed to the socialist Bernie Sanders. Right. Uh, I've still got liquidity abounding in right. the financial system, no concern well, but, at all on that front. But this is amongst last the night, banks or anything else. Last night and I've I got s- equities that are cheap, certain okay. s- equities that are extremely cheap. Uh, I, mean, I did a lot of work depending on the name. After your uh, Jeff Jeff Uben, the, uh, yesterday, uh, yes. I thought that was really good. But what I came back is to say this is the peak of index. This is the peak right now. You just saw the peak of indexing. Because there's a huge percentage of the index you cannot touch. And then there's another percent of the index that's terrific. So this notion of the index where 60% of the people are not working anymore. It's back to stock picking, even if by sector, because there's some sectors that are untouchable and some other sectors that are fabulous. 
and we do this indexing, which is so damn stupid right now, is regarded as being the savior. It's the curse. Uh, it's a good point. It would be a major uh, sea change in the way. Yes. Uh, right now, right here, when 60% of the people are doing something, we've always known that that's wrong when you have the vast majority going away. But the preachers of indexing will never stop. They'll never stop. Their fees are at stake. Yeah. It's obviously a, a morning of too many headlines to count. Let's get to Meg Terrell at HQ for all the latest. Hi, Meg. Hey, Carl. Well, cases worldwide are now topping 96,000 with more than 3,300 deaths. In the U.S., more states are reporting new cases, including New Jersey. Mayor Bill de Blasio tweeting this morning that New York City has two new cases, both of whom are in the ICU and neither with connection to travel or other cases. California declaring a state of emergency. And in King County, Washington, officials are recommending people at high risk of more severe disease stay home and avoid large groups of people. As concerns mount about supplying health care workers with personal protective equipment, the U.S. Department of Health saying it plans to purchase 500 million N95 respirator masks over the next year and a half for the strategic national stockpile. That's after a health official told Congress that the U.S. has only 1% of the 3.5 billion N95s that would be needed in a pandemic. Meanwhile, vaccine and drug development is continuing at a rapid clip. Kaiser Permanente Washington saying it's been chosen to begin a clinical trial of a vaccine made by Moderna and the National Institutes of Health and has already started enrolling healthy Seattle area adults between 18 and 55 years old. Guys. All right, Meg, thank you. Speaking of Moderna, uh, B of A cuts it to neutral today uh, based on the year-to-date outperformance. Well, notice the words that Meg picked. Healthy individuals. Now, we know in our country the FDA swears the last thing you want to do is give a healthy individual something that makes them unhealthy. This, again, is from the Tuskegee Airmen, where our country savagely gave uh, airmen syphilis and let them die from it. I was able to interview a Tuskegee Airman who got syphilis uh, many years ago, and the idea that, that we would give a healthy person syphilis made it so we would never do that again because it's regarded as almost criminal. So what are you going to do with it? You have to titrate it. You can't go and give a healthy person the vaccine right now, full dose, and then give them a full blast of uh, COVID. You can't do that. And that's why it takes a year and a half, because we don't want to do that. The Chinese, amazingly, also follow that similar protocol. They do. I know. I found it incredible that they were not giving the prisoners and the people that they are torturing uh, in various areas of the country the, the, the uh, vaccine and the virus. But they seem to be showing a level of... Uh, Humanity, Humanity. that's highly unusual. Interesting. Uh, We'll follow this story, obviously, all day long. Uh, In the meantime, there is a public service being held this morning at St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York for former GE chairman and CEO Jack Welch. Uh, Robert Frank is there and joins us with all the latest. Good morning, Robert. Good morning, Carl. Well, this uh, cathedral, St. Patrick's, hosting so many famous memorials from Babe Ruth to Bobby Kennedy and this morning honoring another great Jack Welch the longtime CEO of GE, who passed away last Sunday at the age of 84. Now, the service started just moments ago. Prior to that, we saw uh, Timothy Dolan, the Archbishop uh, of New York, come in. And then shortly after that, we saw the coffin being carried in. And this morning, I want to show you a little bit of the, the program. It's going to be a short program. It starts at 9. It's going to end at around 10. There won't be a lot of speeches by a lot of people, but I just want to give you the names of the pallbearers because this morning is really about all of the people that Jack Welch touched, the people who he did business with, that he mentored. An incredible list of pallbearers, Mike Barnacle, Bill Belichick, Barry Diller, Ken Langone, Andy Lack, 
David Zaslov. Uh, the list goes on, just standing out here, seeing all the people come in. It is a who's who of business, of finance, of media. Uh, we will hear eulogies from Ken Langone, obviously a lot of readings from the family. Mike Barnacle, who co-wrote uh, that famous Jack Welch book, Straight from the Gut, which sold 10 million copies, he will also be giving a eulogy. Uh, but again, guys, it's incredible to see the number of leaders in business and politics, media and finance, just coming through these doors this morning to honor Jack Welch's service starting uh, about 15 minutes ago. will probably end shortly after 10 o'clock. Guys, back to you. Robert, uh, we wish we could be there, too. And we do know, guys, uh, how touched Jack would be by this outpouring that we're going to see this morning. Deserving. That was great from the gut. was a great book. A lot of these business books are just okay. Uh, they do them. It's almost like they're it's by ritual. Straight from the gut was a good read. So it's like Nike, like uh, shoot, shoot up. Yes. Some of these books really teach you. They Jack, really did. Jack, of course, was a good well, one. Well, Susie's a great writer, too. Uh, yeah. Uh, Phil Knight's book. Iger's book's pretty good. Iger's book's very, book. very good. Yeah. But you know, these are all, there's tons of them. And then there's ones that are memorable. Yeah. Not unlike anything else that you read where there's a whole series of mysteries. And there's only a couple that are really worth That's Stephen also King. With the, the Welch family and Susie uh, this morning. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash when we come back. We'll keep our eye on futures here. Later, do not miss HP rejecting that hostile takeover bid from Xerox. HP CEO will join David. Uh, more Squawk on the Street is going to continue after a very short break. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. All right, let's get to a mad dash. We'll start talking a few stocks here as well, of course, uh, including the broader market. Uh, Dollar Tree. Yeah, we had uh, Mr. Philbin on last night, CEO. Uh, they reported a disappointing quarter by all, by all means. And also gave you a negative forecast versus what we thought and even told you that they're up against hard compares. So there's a slew of negatives. So what does Deutsche Bank do? They upgrade it. They're saying this could be the bottom. I like this call for one reason, okay? When, when you got nothing, you got nothing to lose. No one expects anything good from Dollar Tree. But I heard you know, they changed. This was the merger with Family Dollar, which is obviously not going well. But they've now amalgamated all their management. Dollar Tree is doing much better than Family Dollar. And maybe they'll finally get these uh, two companies to come together and give you something that is worth owning. So R- they really haven't? fully no. brought them together? No, and they think about it. So it's a tsunami of negatives. They had a big hit of, uh, for uh, the tariffs, yep. $47 million. Yep. Uh, They also had uh, some issues involving supply chain. 
because of China. Which I would think may still be in progress. Oh, yeah, and they're moving as aggressively as they can out of China, but it's very hard to do. Moving to Mexico, moving to some Southeast uh, Asian countries. And, and, and David, don't forget, I mean, in the end, you got to go out because this is not a... um, It's not an Amazon... But I like no. the fact that every That's a pretty precipitous fall, though. I know. Balance sheet getting better. Bought back $200 million worth of stock last year. Yeah. Uh, used to be a great growth story. Dollar General's replaced as a growth story. Uh, they've got, and then the last thing I want to say is they've got hand sanitizer. They have it. Almost everybody's out of it. Is that true? They have it, and they have it at a good price. I am not being facetious. Everyone knows that it's hard to get hand sanitizer right now, and they've got it. I thought that was very important. He says he's working overtime to make sure they have the they have the best and least you know, obviously least expensive hand sanitizer there. Hand right. sanitizer there is. Oh, uh, we have an opening. Did you ever think we would talk about? Say that? again. That's what we talk about. Hand sanitizer being in stock available. Yeah, I will tell you those gloves really make your hands. Warm. All you're doing is to try to make it so you don't forget to touch. Don't touch your face. Light Remember light the things on your hand on the glove. It's on it. I know. I, it's just to not touch. Right. But it didn't work for me. All right, we've got an opening bell, though, about eight minutes from now. Of course, looks like we're going to have a significantly down open after a significant rally yesterday, up over 4% of the S&P. What will today hold? Well, stay tuned. We'll see. For more than a decade, Comcast has been committed to bridging the digital divide and connecting millions to affordable high-speed Internet. But the barriers to get connected go well beyond affordability. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to reach millions with digital skills training, resources, and opportunities needed to succeed in a digital world. Project Up, building a future of unlimited possibilities. Learn more at Comcast.com slash Project Up. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. You're watching CNBC Squawk on the Street, live from the financial capital of the world. The opening bell is coming up in just over five minutes. We're going to try to... Well, futures suggest we're going to give back about half of the gains of yesterday. Obviously, coronavirus is on everyone's mind. A lot of headlines, cancellations and guidance from the airlines, companies like IBM, uh, Netflix, uh, American Express and others. The data not too bad. Uh, Jobless claims were pretty much in line at uh, 216. And we'll get a Senate vote on this congressional supplemental, uh, we think, at some point today. Sam Zell was on Squawk today, talked about his views regarding the virus. Take a listen. I think that uh, so far there seems to be maybe more uh, excitement than reality. I mean, we're a country of 330 million people, and we're talking about 10 deaths, and we're talking about 100 people having the virus. 
I think the real question is, what will it be three weeks from now? Because that's really when we'll know, I, I think, whether we've got a really serious problem or just a, a spike problem. We're going to see. Uh, there's a story out of Florida today that the state of Florida doesn't want to expand the guidelines for testing because they're worried about they've only got three testing cities and they don't want to get overrun. Well, geez, that's, that's suboptimal. Uh, I like Scott Gottlieb, hmm. head of FDA, comes on a lot. A very smart guy, very level-headed person. Everyone should follow him on Twitter. And he tweets a story today about about Seattle, I want to be careful with my words, about the explosive growth in cases, much like Wuhan. Okay, so I happen to love Sam Zell. I think he's a very level-headed guy. But so is Scott Gottlieb, and Scott Gottlieb has the the uh, added advantage of being the former head of the FDA. And you follow him, Washington State, Washington State risks seeing explosion in coronavirus cases without dramatic action. I read this and I think, well, this is Dr. Gottlieb. It's not some guy. No, it's not somebody who would be tend toward irrational. Or, so, what do you uh, think panic. of that? I think that Seattle is a major hub of commerce in the country, uh, the home to uh, Starbucks, Amazon, um, Microsoft, not far from there. Uh, and so I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens there, frankly, as, a, as a, a, a real sign of whether we're going to see significant economic impact. Right. That's it. Uh, and given it is in the United States, perhaps we'll actually get some reports out of there and reporting from there. Well, I mean, I, I follow on Twitter some people who are there, and they're describing, I can't tell if they're true, but they're, but they're describing scenes that are very much like the Wuhan hospitals where there are people who come in for tests, they're told there aren't any tests, and they're spitting on the walls, and there's fisticuffs, and I come back and I say, well, this is our country. This is our country. What are you hearing? Well, they, they don't have test kits. I told you that I'm just following people on Twitter. Everyone could be lying. Okay. But they don't have the, they're not ready. Well, I, I, David, I'm not rumor I understand. I understand. Um, Dude, but if we had reporters there, I think we'd see we, a story I, that would be... I think we will get people there and start to see if, in fact, what's going on in terms of daily life there and whether people are staying home and whether things are getting significantly depressed. Speaking of significantly depressed, the yield on the 10-year remains below 1%. That has certainly been one of those more significant uh, happenings of the week. Right. I think you can argue. Any long-term, any thoughts on uh, 0.939, Jim? Well, again, that's where we get cell programs. Uh, I, I, again, want to talk about how Roche has a preps a drug that could go the other way, and you'll wish that you'll say why that Sam Zell was right, and we had something for the terrible lung uh, disease, that, that is the complication of lungs, and that would say that you should uh, sell a tenure. Right. That's what right. you expect. What you're looking for, remember... Uh, vaccine, which is a year and a half because of the way we do vaccines unless the Chinese change their ethics. Uh, we're looking for some sort of treatment to get people out of the hospitals, of which there are many different tests going on, but you can't get overnight whether they're tested because the drugs are so powerful versus the tenure, which just says uh, that it's a situation that's not unlike the stand in Stephen King. It's not the stand. It is not the stand. There is no Lincoln Tunnel scene happening. 
Yeah, might be reflecting some of what we got out of the Beige Book yesterday. Yes. Various regions talking about concerns over the virus itself, the impact on phase one, uh, China purchases, what have you. Uh, it's a long day ahead. Let's get the opening bell here in the S&P 500 with the CNBC Real-Time Exchange. Of the big board that is State Street Global Advisors celebrating the third anniversary of the Fearless Girl Statue. And at the NASDAQ, Parity.org, a nonprofit dedicated to closing the gender gap in business. Um, so I guess we'll take our cue uh, from the airlines to a large degree, Jim. I know uh, United cutting 10% of domestic capacity for April, uh, international by 20%. DOT had an amazing stat yesterday. Inbound passengers from China has gone from 15,000 a day to now less than 1,000 a day. Well, look, I uh, Dave and I used to talk all the time about the airlines. It was never, and the, they never made all the profits that they've lost. The airlines are much more sound. So what you're doing is you're betting against the company at this point because there's no demand for the stock, not because the companies are technically, uh, let's say, in trouble. Right. Because their balance sheets are so much better. They balance should be able to ride better. They've out. been earning their cost of capital for a long time, yes. as you pointed out. It was something we used to say they rarely, if ever, had been able to do as an industry. But this is going to be challenging, this period. Yes. There's no doubt. And when you get cut numbers, there are big institutions that say sell no matter what. And they're, you're up against Tremendous they don't numbers. listen. They know what we know. I mean, uh, uh, Phil yesterday caught up with Oscar Munoz. I think Doug Parker also outside the uh, right. White House. And, well, you know, you can I, only... I, I don't have a do, case. As an airline, okay. you can cut capacity, the right? only The only case you that's have is that Warren do. Buffett is buying, and that's not bad. Warren Buffett's got a long-term view. Uh, and American, one for all intents and purposes, is an inexpensive stock. But number cuts equals sell. Number boost, by the way, which is Zoom, ZM, is not giving you a buy. Splunk, huge huge call. People are selling. I think those are you're going to regret that you're selling Zoom, definitely, and Splunk. Those companies really have the ability to be able to thrive in this environment, and they make no sense to sell. Zoom makes no sense to sell whatsoever. It's just that they did not want to say we are crushing it because of illness. No CEO is going to possibly say that. Should I say it? Okay. They're crushing it because of illness. Uh, they have been, and there are a number of names that we know have been as well. Is you is HP? No, no. Uh, HP is a separate story that you've been following, that I've been following for quite some time. They do come out with their 14D9, rejecting as we uh, most likely knew would be the case. Of course, Xerox's offer, saying it meaningfully undervalues the company, disproportionately benefits Xerox holders, fails to reflect the full value of the assets, and also poses significant risks for HP. Remember, it is uh, 1840 in stock. I'm sorry, in cash, cash. excuse me, uh, and the rest in, in Xerox stock. So you're getting awfully close there to that being a fairly meaningful cash consideration given what's going on with the market right now and the uncertainties. But there are the reasons they're citing. Um, they also did uh, let us know that they're going to talk on March 8th. Uh, on Tuesday, um, uh, Enrique Lores and uh, John Byzantine spoke on the phone, scheduled a meeting in person for uh, the week of March 8th, and uh, they will engage in discussions regarding the possibility of exploring the combination that creates value for both shareholders. So that perhaps seen as a positive, something that HP told us they would do, so they are following through on that. 
we'll have a lot more opportunity, guys, to uh, find out exactly what's behind this rejection and what the thoughts are at HP. Enrique Lores joined you last week, but there's a lot of news on this stock, so he'll join me this week, and uh, we'll keep talking to him and see what I, he's got I, to say. Having met him multiple times during this era, I think he has a strong case when he's willing to buy back half the company. Uh, that, that's yep. a person who seems to be inclined to make money for you uh, longer term. Obviously, this is one of those uh, a burden hand, two in the bush. And I am willing to go for two in the bush here because I think burden hand is reckless. Yep. Xerox is acting as if this is, there's no coronavirus. They're not changing their view at all as if it's fair weather. When it's raining, you can't call it fair. Right. I, well, Xerox is in it to win it. They're challenging the entire board. We're only eight weeks away now from the vote. Uh, Maybe we'll look back one day and say, can you believe, well, I'm Jimmy Chill here, so I can't call them clowns, but do you believe that the Xerox people did not even take into account the, the worst pandemic our country's ever well, they, faced. They launched this before we really had any sense Yeah, of so it. now it's and time gonna, to let up. You know, well, you don't pull your bid. Why not? But don't you think that this is a natural? This is you an, make act an argument, of God. Jim, in difficult times. In fact, the synergies that potentially been brought to bear by this combination are more valuable than they were previously, because of the inability to actually grow the either one of these. I companies. could argue that you take down this amount of debt at a time when some companies are not able to have orders. It's that's a sign of recklessness that will look like the top, and we'll look back and say, "Geez, I wish that we had." somehow been able to stop that, but there, we weren't able to. One because easy the Xerox way to stop people, it, which is HP buying Xerox. Well, why does anybody have to buy anybody, given the fact that you're going to be taking down debt at a time when you don't know whether your business is going to hold up? HP wouldn't have to really take on much debt. They be taking on debt. Why not just wait till this is over? That's a good point. Why not be prudent instead of reckless? I'm voting for prudence. I don't know. This whole reckless thing has always turned me off. Jim, breath is no good today. Uh, there are three S&P names that are up. That may be extreme. There's a lot of companies that are going to do well in this environment. I saw Coca-Cola down a dollar. I always, you know, Coke and a smile. James Quincy's going to do quite well here. Uh, I bet against that stock, and, you're a fool. Uh, Kroger was good number. Coke, Kroger, and uh, is it Newmont? Yeah, Newmont. Newmont's, the three. Newmont's a very good situation. Uh, I had, geez, I had the privilege of having... Uh, Barracon last night, Dr. Mark Bristow, they are they are doing so well. They have you were telling me that I pronounced Nevada wrong. Nevada? Nevada. Nevada's uh, the gold mine that they have in Nevada is now the great probably the greatest gold mine in the world. Uh, and I think that you can buy Barrack and be safe that the numbers uh, the estimates are too low. And that's a that's a situation you want to be in. Oil's the other big story. Uh, we think we might have a deal to cut a million and a half barrels a day if Russia can stop being so stubborn in the Saudis' eyes and agree. Exxon with an investor day today, Jim, oh, as you know, fun. on the heels of Chevron's. Yeah, I mean, I thought that, again, Mike Worth, I thought did a very good job. Uh, the question there, really good job, but he also had a good ESG component. I mean, my issue with oil, again, is there may be more demand 30 years for oil than there are 30 days for the stocks. And, and I do believe that when, when GM has a good EV conversation and people think, wait a second, how, how long uh, is, the, uh, is oil going to last as a, as a substance? The answer is longer than our lifetime. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean you want to buy the stocks. You want to buy Zoom. That ain't going to go anywhere. 40 years for oil? That's like coal. I and mean, Jimmy Carter said, listen, our plants got to with the Saudi Arabia coal. And we had 40 years of coal. 
Well, that was kind of accurate. Well, that's how long the plants last. But coal is sort of going away, right? President likes coal. I'm aware of that, but it still seems to be going have, away as a result of the marketplace, actually. Well, I have the, I have the, uh, the CEO of, as opposed of to the a, government. I have CEO of AEP on tonight, the American Electric Power's largest transmission company in the country. Yeah. Uh, is hell freezing over? Because that's when they'll build a coal plant. <laughs> Did check you see, check uh, the temperature rail, in hell, will you? Rail traffic yesterday. Oh, jeez. Uh, coal down year on year, even after last year, right. down 20%. Well, natural gas is, they're almost paying you to take natural gas. It's incredible. Uh, they're paying you more to take a cruise than they're paying you to take natural gas. I mean, natural gas, more. I mean, 30% of it's being flared. Of course, that's a principal source of methane. You know what's the, sort of the two sources of, me- of methane, right, David? You know what they are. Uh, yes, flaring and cows. Damn, he's good. <laughs> Although there's been a lot of attention on composting, on the lack of it, and actually a lot of decomposing food in landfills releases a great deal of methane as well. I remain steadfast that beyond meat, to being composted. beyond meat is a terrific way, a terrific ethos, not just a plant-based um, food. We do have some, yeah, there are some upgrades what? today. Uh, MKM takes Snap to buy. Yeah, uh, I thought it was down target. enough. I like that call. I thought that uh, Snap is something that will work at home. It's uh, handheld. David's children can't get off it, which is a sign of activity. The of A ups Amgen. Uh, Target doesn't move a whole lot, but they're at 250. They've got a great cancer franchise that no one's giving in any credit. And they did get a windfall from uh, uh, the merger, the Celgene merger, where they got a, a very nice drug that's going to be uh, a blockbuster. And I, well, it is a blockbuster. I think that's a good call. I think the company's undermanaged. Yeah. The thing is, when you don't have um, really information to go on regarding the virus, people look to history. Uh, and Baycrest does look at, or I'm sorry, LPL looked at what happens in years where January and February are down. And generally not good. Full year down on average 4%. Well, versus when they're both up. But how about an election year? Typically? Yeah, it's a There's huge, a lot of cycles going swing. on. Yeah. I, I remember, I think that Zoom is a measure of, of the virus. And Zoom is now up after being down nine points. And United Health is a measure of uh, Biden versus Bernie. With the existential crisis perhaps taken off the table. Oh, blank fine. So, Talking to Andrew uh, Ross Sorkin this morning, saying that he thought the jump yesterday was, in his words, mostly politics. Yeah, given that there's that. not much good news on the crowd. I think that Roy just right about that. You think he wanders around the Upper West Side talking to anybody who'll listen? That's an indictment like I can't believe. Yeah, I know. I really enjoy that, that. David, that's... That's an indictment. It is. Well, it makes him sound like a crazy man. No, I'm not saying he's a crazy man. I'm just wondering if he's taking nice long walks and David, if anybody who'll engage with them and say, David, that's not, it's, going up. that's not what it's, I would expect the former CEO of Goldman doing. Why? Well, because Hank Paulson I used to see in the park all the but time. He's with a bird his watcher. David, it's better to be a bird watcher than to talk to anybody who listen. I mean, there's some people who listen. It's just you may not want to say anything to them. Uh, Canopy growth, Jim. Uh, oh, just laying, laying off, off 500, me. closing some uh, some facilities. Yeah, it was, it's the it's the age of Aquarius. Uh, there, I mean, there is really. I mean, it turns out to not be CB. We don't have a way to be able to drink, uh, get high on drinks yet. We don't know how to do the proof. And uh, but you know, see, Canopy's now run by a business person, Mr. Klein. Used to be a great CFO. At Constellation, where, by the way, they're at a meeting yesterday saying that Corona sales are good. Obviously, there's, there's some confusion, right? There's no uh, Corona and Lyme disease. I mean, everyone's having a little fun with that, Corona and Lyme. I think the headlines revolved around uh, surveys looking at purchase intent 
for Corona. But Corona's too good. No one's buying. I mean, that is just a canard. Yeah, it seems absurd. Being one of the largest sellers um, of Corona, you can see I'm self-interested. Jim, you and I sat down, right, uh, with uh, Larry Culp. No one paid any attention to that GE. interview. The stock is down at about 3.2%, more than the uh, S&P right now. Um, yeah, didn't really get a lot of attention to well, GE. I bet, by the way, an investor outlook provided yesterday during a call. I, I thought it was And then good. his appearance with us for the first time in 17 months. But then you, months. Had, you had Corona risk and you had FAA mix and that's what risk. And that's what people talked about. Right. Not the cash flow better. Not the idea that he's going to play offense. I thought that he, that Larry called for those who listen, would recognize that this man has gotten the company under control after it being uh, a runaway freight train. Although, of course, they got rid of trains, right? Yes. They dominated in trains. They dominated you in life science. tough questions about power, but it does sound as though this is an inflection point, and they really do believe that they have it under control and will start to see actual but, signs of real progress in that business. Well, off, Why it all belongs together, of course, one day I clear. think it won't be, but it seems as though yeah. it's going to be a while. And the biggest issue, remember, wind is hugely... Uh, pro- it's not proper, but wind is the way of the future, and offshore wind is the best. And Larry said that they're doing a test in Rotterdam. And what I realized way too late is Rotterdam's land. They're doing an offshore wind test in Rotterdam. Right. Why, don't you want to do the offshore wind test in the water? Why would you do it in Rotterdam? Rotterdam. Uh, I don't know. That's a place they have a lot of women. I'm aware. Listen to me, Don Quixote. You don't want the you want the offshore test in, in, in the water. In the water, offshore. Well, because offshore is in oh, water. Why would you have the test in Rotterdam, which is on land? I don't know. Yeah, that's you right. Sure it is on land. I'm sure, well, it's not outside I, Rotterdam in the water. I, maybe, maybe. But I, last time I looked, I saw the Rotterdam. Well, we get a lot of Holland is underwater. A lot of it is. Uh, yes, they have done an incredibly good job, actually. Um, I don't know. Preventing I mean, flooding. maybe Rotterdam. He did say Rotterdam. He didn't say off coast. Okay. Maybe Larry we'll wants to. It. Larry calls in. I'm ready. He knows my number. Get that. Uh, Dow's down almost 700. Uh, let's get to Bob Passani and see what's moving on the floor. Morning, Bob. All for the lows, but not much here. Uh, interestingly, Asia's up overnight, although Europe is down. That's very curious. A little bit of a divergence recently. Just take a look at sectors. No surprise here. Gold. We could close at a seven-year high on gold, by the way. China shares have been outperforming. Here's the broad China index up again today here. Banks, big losers. Energy, big losers. Uh, industrials all underperforming the overall market. Uh, you want to take a look. at the, Obviously, stocks impacted. We're looking at energy. Entertainment stocks, for example, here, travel entertainment, that's not a typo, 11% Royal Caribbean, Marriott, Delta. Look at Live Nation, too. They've had the same problems. Live Nation, Madison Square Garden, concerns about sporting events, entertainment events potentially being canceled here. Same, They're moving along with the same travel and entertainment group. We're all trying to figure out earnings. Basically, Q1 earnings estimates in the U.S. are kind of worthless right now. But you want to look at Europe because they're dealing with real-world impacts over in northern Italy right now. And the numbers are coming down fast. These are European earnings estimates for the stock 600. Up 7% January 21st, today down 1.4%. But if you look at some big sectors like industrials, there's been a virtual collapse in the estimates for the first quarter in the industrials. Just put that one up there, and you can see we're going down here rather dramatically here. Uh, 5.4% January 21st, today 17%. Look at that collapse here. That's what you want to look at here because they're dealing with the real numbers and the real estimates that they're getting here. I think these are better numbers than we have in the United States right now. Let's move on. There are people trying to... 
two camps here, short term and long term. So MSCI, they had a scenario out today. Short term, if you have 2 percent growth here, stocks could fall another 11 percent. But they short term, the markets will bounce back. And that's the general scenario everyone's had, because that's the way these other uh, outbreaks have occurred in the past. But longer term, and this is the big X factor, nobody can know, is whether this is going to be longer term, there's going to be a more significant earnings impact. So are you in the short term camp or long term camp? We really don't know. Here's something encouraging. This is what the optimists keep pointing out. Air pollution statistics in China have been increasing in the last few days. Remember, they went way down at the end of February. They've been increasing, indicating people are going back to work. And the markets are bouncing back here. Look, here's the bottom for China. This was the end of January. That was the stock market in China bottomed at the end of January. Here's our stock market. We have bottomed at the end of February. The optimists are saying, well, maybe if this plays out in the next few months, our market bottoms sometime around here or the next month or so and then comes back. We don't know if this is going to happen, but the optimists, I'm not calling them bulls, the optimists are saying, look, this is a very good sign. So you want to look long term, what's the, what's the numbers to look for? The S&P 500 bottomed on February 28th. There we are. And the huge, the intraday swing was 100 points on that day. So the bottom was 29.54. There's 30.57. We're 100 points uh, above that, as you can see. But the intraday was 28.55. So a very wide range here. But a lot of people are watching that to see if uh, you don't want to use the word peak coronavirus. Obviously, that's not the way to look at this. But the important thing is people are hopeful that somewhere there's a bottom here, assuming this is a short term phenomenon we can deal with in the next quarter or so. That's what we can't answer. That's why the markets keep gyrating like this. Guys, back to you. All right, Bob, thanks. Obviously, we're watching the 10-year at 94 basis points. Let's get to Rick Santelli in Chicago. Morning, Rick. Good morning, Carl. Boy, you really need to not only watch the 10-year, you have to watch the whole yield curve. There's so many clues there. And if you put yourself in a, a tunnel and you only are looking at U.S. sovereigns, you would not think whatever dynamic is propelling this move is over. Okay, look at the week in or an intraday of two-year note yields. Today is the current cycle intraday low. Right now it's 55 and change. We're currently trading at 57. So we keep extending that. The short end has no traction. Every combination of yield curves are steepening, whether it's the knob, notes to bonds, 10-year notes to bonds, 10s to twos, steepening. We have 37 in the latter, 66 in the former, and these are long-term uh, moves here. And if you look at the week in 10s, you see on Tuesday that loan spike at 90 basis points. Want to watch that because we haven't gone guns hot back to that level yet, but it certainly seems though there's pressure to do so, and that's what you want to watch. Year to date of tens, how ironic! Basically, the high yield in tens was made on the first trade at 192. Now look at a year to date of the dollar index. The low of the dollar index was basically made in the first few trades. That is counterintuitive and counter uh, to logic of a Fed that's easing and the dollar going up. And the only reason I say that is the dollar is a tricky one here if you're using that as your tell. Because the demand in some places that are so dramatically affected by recent volatility have an appetite for dollars. And finally, the dollar-yen, uh, you know, the, the yen is now up on the dollar for 2020. And not only that, it's at the dollars at the worst level since September. Carl Jim David, back to you. All right. Thank you very much, Rick Santelli. Uh, transports approaching a bear market this morning. Coronavirus uh, impact on airlines is climbing as Southwest now warns on Q1. Uh, Phil LeBeau is at the Aviation Summit in Washington. Morning, Phil. 
Good morning, Carl. All of the airline stocks down 5 to 7%. You mentioned Southwest. Take a look at shares of Southwest approaching a 52-week low. As you mentioned, they are warning about their Q1 revenues. will be down anywhere from 200 to 300 million from originally forecast, and that's because of the cost of the coronavirus. Meanwhile, the International Air Transport Association, think of these guys as the Global Trade Association, speaks for the industry worldwide, out with a new estimate in terms of how much coronavirus will cost the airlines. Just two weeks ago, they said it cost maybe $29 billion. Now they're saying it could cost up to $113 billion. Just a few minutes ago, we talked with the CEO of IATA. Here's what he thinks is happening in terms of demand worldwide for travel. What we see, first of all, uh, are facts. We see a lot of cancellation of events, you know, Congress, conferences, meetings, you know, that, that, that purely and simply cancelled. For, for, for the month of March, it's almost everything is cancelled. April is not very good. For May and June, it's too early to say, uh, first of all. Uh, so it, it has an impact on business travel, of course. As you take a look at shares of the major airline stocks, again, they're all down anywhere from 5 to 7%, guys. And what we saw yesterday with United in terms of bringing down its schedule 10% domestically, 20% internationally, then JetBlue last night saying they're going to be bringing down their domestic schedule 5%. Expect that practically from every airline. They are going to start cutting their capacity. They have to because they're trying to rein in costs as much as possible. We're at the uh, Chamber of Commerce Aviation Summit all day long. Going to be talking with Gary Kelly. Going to be talking with a number of other CEOs. We'll give you some better perspective from them as we uh, see how this day plays out. Another rough one for the airline stocks. Guys, back to you. Uh, uh, Phil, as you're saying it, Boeing uh, down 5%. 268 is going to take you back, Jim, to late 17. Jeez, uh, uh, Mr. Calhoun's doing a very good job. We heard that from Larry Colt yesterday. Uh, But I do think that your customers are controlling the situation right now. If your customers don't have... Uh, are under stress, then theoretically this is not what you, business you want to buy shares in. Now, I think that actually, of course, Boeing has tremendous demand if they can get the MAX going. Right. And I, by the way, I don't think it has to be called the MAX. I think it can be called 737 because of all the changes they've made. Uh, and I remain uh, optimistic that that plane flies this year. Um, Phil, I know you're still there. Um, when do we start looking at the balance sheets of these uh, airlines? You know, I, I, I know many of them are not levered particularly, right. don't have a great deal of debt at this point. They have obviously been quite healthy, but, you know, you look at a decline in American yes. Airlines stock price of roughly 50 yeah. percent uh, over the last 12 months yeah. and 38 percent in the last three months. David, generally speaking, the balance sheets of the North American Airlines, they're pretty healthy. They're in good shape. The biggest concern out there is American Airlines. That's why this stock has been hit harder than any other ones. If you take a look at its debt to EBITDA, that's the general metric that most are going at. It's five and a half to six times, although that might be changing, obviously, as earnings will be under pressure, not only in the second quarter, but likely in the third quarter as well. The real concern in terms of airlines and potential bankruptcies, Southeast Asia. You've got a number of low-cost carriers. They need, they need the revenue. I mean, look at it. They have, let's take a narrow-body airplane, and they're leasing it from a leasing company. They've got to come up with $300,000 a month. Break that down to $10,000 a day. They're not getting that. They're just not going to get that, and people are not going to be flying. So that's the concern in the industry. Those low-cost carriers, particularly in Southeast Asia, a few over in Europe as well. North America, that's the good news for the industry. The balance sheets are in pretty good shape here. 
Uh, Phil, as, in terms of the, the offset between the unit economics as load factors go down versus the savings they're getting on fuel, which I know uh, Southwest right. did talk about, I mean, how do you weigh those two sure. things? It helps. It definitely helps. But look, when you're seeing the dramatic drop, especially in corporate travel, guys, that's the bread and butter for the airlines. That's where they make right. their margins. It's not with the low cost carriers. It's not you and I going down to Orlando. Yeah, they make a little bit of money off of that. That is not where they make most of their money. They're making it off of you and I going to New York or going to L.A. for a trip. And you and I have talked about this many times. There's no shortage of people who have said, I am being told by my company, you're not going and there's right. nothing. That's, this is not a case of the traveler not having confidence. This is corporate America saying, sit it down. You're not going on the road. Yeah. That was one of the most amazing metrics I thought out of Amex yesterday. Eight percent of card spending comes from airlines. Eight percent of card spending. Yeah. American Express has held up well because they did have a good quarter. But that's very G&E, so to speak, very travel. It feels so great. We have to think about corporate demand. Yesterday I had Three companies that I'm involved with say that, well, one hospital chain, that they couldn't do uh, go somewhere it was out of the country. And, you know, I was shocked in all three and was pleading the case. And uh, one's domestic. And basically I was told there's no exceptions to the policy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of the big banks, certainly it's all international travel. A lot of companies right. saying no way uh, and, and discouraging domestic yes, travel, discourage. but but not saying no. Just saying, only if you really have to. Right. Um, by the way, all this, I mean, you know, I, I failed to mention Amazon, of course, which we've been talking about in part because they've encouraged their Seattle-based employees not to re- go to work but work from home. Yeah. Is, as you might expect, a, a potential beneficiary, though, of, of what's going on right now. M Science this morning sees a sharp spike in Amazon Fresh in the wake of the coronavirus outbreak. U.S. Prime member purchase frequency continues to rise, and they right. see evidence of one-day shipping's positive impact on the business. Anecdotally, the Amazon Fresh trucks never stop coming my block. Same. Um, and Same. we know that there have been some shortages as well reported. Of certain Someone products. stole the darn stuff that was on our stoop. What? Really? Yeah. Very <laughs> Not stand, knowing what you ordered, they just took it. Just took our stuff. I mean, well, incredible, huh? Uh, our thanks to Phil LeBeau. We're going to see a lot more of Phil at the Aviation Summit today. Jim, uh, what are you going to handle tonight? Okay. Uh, most importantly, we have American Electric Power. I want to be able to find out, our, uh, is power down during this period? And then Genrac, is thing, are things so bad that you want a generator? And then uh, Sangama, which is actually a company. This is what I'm talking about. You have drug companies. Are they really, should those stocks be down? They have nothing to do with the, the coronavirus. Just trying to be a little optimistic. Yep. We need it. We need it. Thank you, Jim. Uh, Mad Money tonight, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.